for sure. 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 Welcome to another episode of For Sure, a 200-foot podcast. I'm Peter. It's me, Jay. Hi, Pete. And Jay, hi. I've been looking. How are you? Uh, oh, I, I, I'm good. How are you? Oh, good. Oh, I'm bored. You're bored? I'm really, <laughs> I'm really bored because the sport, the sport that I love more than anything in the world has done nothing to entertain me. Nothing. Don't give me this. It's the off-season bullcrap. They've done nothing. All, all you guys arguing about your offer sheet possibilities, it's done nothing. The, the only thing that's been sort of interesting is the player rating reveals. And even then you screwed that up because you had Larkin at number 50. So hmm. whatever whatever my sport needs to do to get its act together, just hmm. do it already because I am not yeah. entertained. One thing that I think is really funny is that um, independently, we each kind of came up with our own bit to talk about how bored, like how nothing is happening. Uh, you just yes. happen to go first. Um, yes. Because uh, I don't know about you, but I look, I was looking at NHL.com to see what news was there. And I noticed that there are some games coming up in two weeks, two weeks. We're, we're almost there. We're yeah. almost to the point where preseason games are going to start. Um, yeah. First of all, just a, just a public service announcement to help out some of our friends on on hockey Twitter. If you haven't realized this yet, the NHL Network, when they put out their lists of best forwards and best goalies and best defensemen, they are trolling you. They are doing it on purpose. They are making them yeah. purposefully bad so that you talk about it online because there there is zero chance the people who have at least some level of hockey knowledge are going to make every single list every single year that bad. So just, it's just, chum, in it's case just chumming the waters. Yeah. That's all they're doing. Yeah. This is this exactly. Is, this is Quint. The NHL Network yeah. is Quint, uh, and 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 um, what is it? No Noodles is Noodles still on their network? I I, I think mm -hmm. yeah. M M Jamie McClendon is still on there somewhere, and he's just there with the giant bucket with a cigarette in his yeah. mouth, just baiting you guys. Be better. Yeah. Have faith in yourselves. Be stoic and ignore the the fracas because. All you're gonna do is give them the clicks, and then it's the, then the cycle is gonna repeat, and you're not gonna yeah. like yourself at night. So there you I go. I mean, basically, with the size of this troll, we're gonna need a bigger bridge. So <laughs> yeah, tying the two together. So um, what we're gonna do is we have a we have a fantastic uh, interview coming up, and this is one of the times where we haven't recorded it yet. Um, a lot of times we will uh, have recorded the interview first, and we do the rest of the show later. Um, but this this time we're actually gonna do it relatively in the order you're gonna hear it. Um, but we just know that, you know, with this person and the topic, it's going to be a really great interview. So that's going to be coming up um, about 15 minutes, 20 minutes or so. Peter, Peter, yeah. Peter. Why? What? I will never understand why you must give the listeners a glimpse into our into our uh, production fantasy world. All right. Leave the behind the scenes stuff for the DVD home video release. All right. We don't need to <laughs> tell them how we do things behind the curtains. All they know is they get to push a button and our lovely angelic voices get pumped into their ear holes. Okay. That's all they need to know. That's all they need to know. Yeah. So I mean, basically down the road, when we get our own, <laughs> when we get our own Patreon, we're going to have deleted scenes and all that stuff. It's gonna be great. Um, I think, I think but, that, I think that, I think that silence probably yeah. spoke more to what your actual reaction to my nonsense was. It's just like, uh, just take a deep breath, let him finish. And then we'll move on. Well, see, I see, I, I have to, I have to annoy you again because the reason I was silent is because I was leaning back to take a picture of my cat on a bookcase. Um, but I will allow you to think that I, it was a dramatic pause. <laughs> if, if, if if that helps you sleep tonight. Uh, <laughs> so, like Jay said, there's not really a ton going on right now. Um, so we were looking around for some, you know, kind of like basic stuff, some general hockey stuff to talk about. And uh, Greg Wasinski, uh over at ESPN had an article that came out that, that you know it's pretty interesting obviously you know you know how it goes some people 
people's views on Wyshynski definitely vary. Um, I like him at least some of the time, maybe even a lot of the time. I definitely don't agree with him all the time. Um, but, you know, I'm definitely not on the same page with people that just like absolutely hate him and, you know, drag him all the time. But this is a, yeah, I thought this was a pretty interesting article. It's uh, six ways the NHL can improve the in arena experience. Um, now, obviously, with your experience, you are in NHL arenas way more often than I am, right? One in particular. But, you know, I've I've been going to hockey arenas for a long time, um, and I typically get to go to at least a couple games every year. Uh, either, you know, I've been to Detroit a couple times, um, you know, but, you know, where I live, I go to Prudential Center uh, where the Devils play most often because it's closest. So, Jay, just real quick, let's, let's run down some of the things that he said uh, and, you know, kind of talk a little bit about these ideas. Uh, so if you want, you can go first. All right. Well, the first thing he talks about, and this is uh, a obviously kind of a no-brainer thing because I've seen it pop up a little bit more. And in fact, at Little Caesars Arena is that uh, sensory sensitive nights. So for those who are adversely affected by the dog and pony show, that is <laughs> the, the open to some of these hockey teams, it, very loud, lots of flashing lights, uh, strobes. Um, it can be a lot for for those who are sensitive to that uh, type of stuff to um, to, to kind of deal with. So um, I've already seen, you know, a few teams uh, start to roll this out. And th- yeah, this is kind of a yeah, of course, I, I really don't see anybody. I, I would I, I struggle to think of who would be upset at this being a thing because this is sure. just this is just another avenue in which you can get more people down to the games. And and also, you know, maybe we're still talking about the in arena experience evolving as such. I mean, if it wasn't evolving, we'd still be doing the same thing forever. Buildings would still be built the same way that they built forever and wouldn't even be having this conversation, but because it's evolving, I think it makes sense to uh, make sure everybody can, can handle it. And that's, you know, there's, and, and it's not even so much so for, you know, those who are, you know, are heavily affected by this stuff, you know, people still bring their children to games, right. You know, the, the you know even newborns right and they'll take that precaution of you know putting the you know there's going to be the 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 deluge of photos of kids wearing the the noise canceling headphones that like guys who use jackhammers wear right (laughs) so you know some precautions are made on the fan side of things but you know for for organizations to actually start to do the same duh (laughs) yeah yeah, sure i mean yeah yeah, absolutely. I think that um, obviously this is going to be helpful for, you know, fans with disabilities, uh, you know, definitely some some ranges of the the autism spectrum, uh, among other among other, uh, you know, conditions. Um, but also, you know, things like like PTSD. I mean, sometimes you have combat veterans uh, where, um, you know, they have difficulty with fireworks, you know, or, um, you know, something like that. So, uh, yep. you know, this is it, it's a pretty you know, it's a lot of different types of people that would benefit from from this. And again, it's not like it's not like you're completely taking the atmosphere out of the game. Like there are ways that you could, um, you know, kind of change the presentation in a way that is going to be, you know, allow more people to be able to to be there and enjoy themselves. And you're not really going to be changing things too much, uh, which I think is, you know, a, I, I think that's usually probably going to be the pushback. You know, it's like, well, this is the way it should be. And I, I think you can I think you can kind of have both. I think you can still have an interesting, entertaining presentation. Um, and you could, you know, uh, you know, target those types of fans to help them out. The next one up is rethinking ticket plans. And this one this one is really interesting. Um, now, you had mentioned, uh, you know, we were talking before we were trying to think of like different things that we had ideas for. Um, and, and yours is kind of almost tied to this right where yeah yeah so what he's talking about here is he's talking about like a like a different league so this is the canadian football league obviously um so they only have nine home games right um and you know this ticket option you can get is 300 dollars for all home games so obviously on the nhl level it'd be a lot different um and basically what it is is like you pay like like for the three hundred dollars, you have your season tickets you just don't have a specific seat and then each game depending on how many seats they've sold and stuff, you might be 
you might be in a better seat than you know your average ticket price, um, or you could be you know pretty much roughly like where you would have been if you had just bought those price seats anyway. Um, you know, so that way, if uh, it, you know if there's a game that's maybe undersold, then your ticket will allow you to move down two sections or whatever. Um, and so. I think that, you know, uh, Wyshynski does say that this would be pretty hard to make scale to the NHL um, just because of the logistics of it. You know, like like maybe they wouldn't be able to do something just like this. But, you know, there's other ops, there's other possibilities. And so I know we were talking before. So so if you want to talk about the thing that you had, you know, the, the idea <laughs> that you have. And I know it's not like your idea, but I know you're on board with. This. Oh, oh, it's absolutely my idea. I claim ownership of this, Pete. How dare you? Well, okay, um, well, yeah, he. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we haven't done this in a while. I'm supposed yeah. to crack wise. That's my role on this show. <laughs> yeah. I know my place in life. Okay. This is what, this is the service I provide. Let me do my job. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So Wyshynski bringing up the whole uh, kind of comparable ticket plants type stuff. Um, I think that's great. I think the stopgap thing that we can do in the meantime, while owners, are hypnotized by gypsies because I think that's the only way we would ever be able to get a rethinking in ticket plans. But um, right now, I know for the Red Wings, they have this ex- uh, experience, the upgrade program where like, you go to the game and you sign up through the Red Wings or the NHL or the District Detroit app. I think it's I'm pretty sure it's the District Detroit app. Um, and you basically kind of just throw your name into a digital lottery type thing. And then at some point they do a drawing and a team member comes and finds you and lets you know that, Hey, you've won. And they move you to a nicer setup, a yeah. nicer seat, a nicer section. Yeah. 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 And, and my process was, uh, or, or, or my, my change to that would be, uh, make it a feature of the game instead of just like a lucky thing. Um, this goes back to Keith Olbermann saying that after the second inning of baseball games, tickets should be like a dollar. And then just that, that's how you get everybody in. Um, uh, yes, in practice, uh, that specific idea is crazy. If I'm an owner, if I'm a fan, that's what I would do every time. I'd literally wait a half hour and then, you know, go into the game for a buck. But uh, my thing specifically is, I think for hockey games, uh, let's say if you don't show up, like if you're a season ticket holder and you don't show up before the 15-minute mark of the second period, Pretty much the last five minutes of the second period, uh, your seats get entered into a uh, into a draw system that fans have already signed up for. So basically, anybody who's not in their seat or doesn't have their ticket scanned, you know that and that seat is open after the 15 minute mark of the second period, your tickets become part of this pool of seats that fans can then go onto the Red Wings app or go into the District Detroit app and basically reserve them just for the third period. So at that point, it kind of becomes maybe like a little bit of a a betting guessing game of like, okay, so where do you think seats are going to open up? Right. And then that alleviates your empty lower bowl problem, at least for the third period. Uh, But then maybe it also lights a fire under the people who own season ticket passes to, you know, actually show up to the games because too many times the, 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 the lay of blame is at the altar of, uh, you know, either the team's play or anything like that. But, you know, I still remember when the teams are good. Both, both Red Wings and Pistons and Lions and Tigers, even when they are doing well, there are still idiots that are high and mighty and don't show up to the game. All right. This is more, this system is more directed at them. So basically what I'm offering is before, you know, obviously you're going to take, you're going to drag your heels owners on changing ticket plans. So in the meantime, just make it kind of a fun thing where the thing, because you already know they're going to be on their phone, Pete, right? Yeah. Everybody's on their phone now. Yep. So there's nothing more simpler than just swiping up on your phone and, you know, putting, you know, oh, look at that. Two seats down in 127 just opened up. I will take me and my partner there. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Okay. And then you can't go there until the third period starts or like five minutes before the period starts because like, you know, just to let so it's like with five minutes left on the clock in the second period, the the reserve system goes live. People go on their phones, they uh, figure stuff out, and then it's active all the way up until five minutes left in the intermission, the second intermission, and then, um, and then like you get like a temporary ticket on your phone, and then you just yep, oh, yep, here's my ticket. There you go, and then that's it. So that's my draw. This is long winded. I'm sorry if it didn't make sense, but 
basically what I'm saying is if you don't show up to the game, someone else is going to be able to sit in your awesome seat. That's that's the long and short of it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I have you know, I, I don't really have an issue with that. Um, for, for the sake of time, we're just going to move on to the next one, just because, like I said, I mean, I would kind of be, just be repeating what you what you already said, maybe <laughs> adding a couple words, but there's not really a point. So the, the next one that, that Wyshynski has is, is no stakes gambling with gambling in quotation marks, because obviously this is not like gambling, like literally sports betting with money like at Vegas or. Um, well now it's legal in more places. Um, but basically it would be, uh, you know, he's saying that the Los Angeles Rams in uh, national football league, of course, that they have something called Rams pick them in which fans predict things such as the outcome of the game, the kickoff, etc. And if they predict correctly, they can get things like Rams tickets or autograph footballs, depending on how many points they accumulate during the season. Cool. I think something like that would be really neat. It's kind of like what you said before, um, with, you know, they could have a team app that has the ticket thing that you had just talked about, something like this, right? And actually, the next thing that we're going to talk about on his list would could tie in as well, you know, so uh, three of his things, which I, I do think that these three things that he says do make sense, they could all be kind of tied into this one team app. Um, that you could have on your phone, et cetera. And I think you would get some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely agree. There's, the, the, They already basically have no stakes pick them. You mm. know what it's called, Pete? It's the NHL Stanley Cup fan bracket. Mm. It lets you pick who, how many goals you think is going to go. Only this time, instead of it being, you know, 2 million or whatever the thing is, they go, yeah, throw in a ticket, throw in a, throw in a mascot plushie, throw in <laughs> a, a, a year's supply of Coke at the arena. Mm. I don't care. I'm totally on board with that. Well, I mean, you got to be careful because I think if if Guinea Kuznetsov is going to really try to uh, to win the year supply <laughs> of Coke, you know, I actually had my internal timer set of how long it was going to take for us to to drop a Kuznetsov thing, and we are at 16 minutes 40 seconds. <laughs> I think that's a new record. Yeah, I think that's a new record without being without being weird about it. So, congratulations, good work. The next one on the list is better fan connectivity. And like I said before, this could be connected to the app that uh, Jay had mentioned. Um, in fact, uh, Wish basically talked about, you know, having an app. Uh, you know, he said, like, you know, it's it's kind of weird that there isn't an app uh, for at least some of these things. And I think that this is this could be pretty cool because it's kind of the idea where, um, you know, how like if you're watching a game, I know I know this has definitely happened for me. You're watching a game. And there's some type of disputed call, like maybe the puck goes in, the goal horn goes off and they're reviewing it, but you don't know why they're reviewing it. Um, or like sometimes it'll happen where if it seems like the away team scored, like they never play the, the replay footage on the home team scoreboard. Um, and so this could be things like maybe you could have like uh you know you could you could put an earpiece in and listen to the the play by play um or maybe you could hear like you know the the pa like the officials when um uh you know sometimes like you can't hear the officials when they're talking to the uh you know to the stands etc um so you know it, you know it could be a combination of audio it could also be video um you know maybe stats and stuff like that um obviously like i think you want to make it you don't want to make it so interesting that basically people are going to the game and like watching their phones, but as like a supplemental experience, I think it could be really cool. Yeah. I, I think a second screen type experience with, uh, with some sports could be beneficial. Like you said, especially in the, in the officiating sense, you know, if there was a way to, you know, cause that stuff gets, you know, you find out, but it's like hours later, you know, like it'd be nice yeah. if in the moment somebody, you know, either you have a spotter or for somebody who's on who has like a direct headphone into what the what the ref will say, mm. just send out, you know, like a like an officially branded thing like, you know, uh, you know the call was made at blah, blah, blah. This is the reason for the call. It was da, 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 just something like that would be great. But again, the, the, the thinking that they could be technologically advanced enough to actually do that is uh, really quite uh, fancy uh, fantasy because. Uh, the day I found out that the only replays that the refs get are the ones that the TV guys get. Yeah. Is that was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. What? I mean, that's that's what allows those things to happen where, you know, this happened in Pittsburgh. It, it, it hasn't happened in a while because I think they may be questioned enough, but there was a producer in Pittsburgh who withheld a definitive angle of a goal being scored against mm -hmm. the Penguins. 
and so it was way it was ruled as a no goal it was it was ruled as a as a no goal because they didn't have the the footage for it so they overturned it but then they found out that it was a goal because a replay was withheld from the refs so yeah, yeah that's 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 um just hope that we can get clarification and and whatnot in the future but what's our next thing peter <laughs> the next thing is um more focus on the players yeah, so, so one of the topics that we get into a little bit later with uh, our interview with Laura Storian from St. Louis is the idea of how, for some reason, the NHL doesn't really seem to market its players well. Um, and I think if anybody wanted to argue this, I do think um, – now, I am not a lawyer – uh, I do, as Star Jones would say, I am not a lawyer, uh, but I do have a degree from <laughs> Law and Order University. Um, I've I've seen every episode of Law and Order multiple times. Uh, I do know all of the words. I do believe that I could fake my way through a trial. Um, I do know I could be a judge because I know you know all the things to say to the lawyers. Um, I'm not going to do the uh, John Mulaney bit, uh, but you, it's you get the idea. Um, <laughs> So I'm going to lay out an airtight case for my point here. Exhibit A, P.K. Subban exists. Corollary to Exhibit A, P.K. Subban, to the best of my knowledge, is not in a lot or any of the official NHL ads. Exhibit B, the ad on NHL Network with John Tavares and Jonathan Taves that is basically like if you sucked all the charisma out of a room, right? The match game ad. Yep. So mm -hmm. two people who are very good hockey players with apparently the charisma of a lamp. So I rest my case. Yeah. Thank you. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't have put it better. You're and right. I, I'm, you're I'm doing the, the Anna Kendrick uh, in pitch yeah. perfect uh, gif where she goes, boom. Cause yep. I think, I think that's pretty much what I just did there. Like yeah, the NHL is. is so bad at this. They are so bad yeah, at this. It's very it's bad. infuriating. All right, so unless you have something else to say, let's move on to the next one before I get nope, too upset. No, 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 let's do it. You, you already nailed it. You shut the door. I did. I, I, you could say I, sh I shut the front door. Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so our next up on the list was <laughs> police the stands. Uh, I would. I'm. I'm all about this. I don't know exactly how you go about doing it, but if the fact is that we're going to start talking about it and figure out the best way to do it, either you put plants in there, you know, if there's a seat that's going to be empty anyway, you put a, you know, just like a concussion spotter, you can have a bullshit spotter, you know, like, hey, <laughs> that behavior is bullshit. Because right now it's on the onus of the fans to, you know, to dial that number to like, hey, if there's anybody being rowdy, be sure to let us know. But it's like, Hey, you know, I'm kind of being assailed right now. Don't really have, uh, you know, either emotionally or physically, don't really have time to jump on my phone here, which means you're relying on somebody else to see what's happening and actually act, which is even more of a gamble. So it'd be really nice if there was uh, a better um, system in place because there's been, unfortunately, a few times where I've been at both Julius Arena and then now at Little Caesars Arena where guys are still very comfortable, maybe not just guys specifically, but people are comfortable being jerks very comfortable and they cannot be allowed to be comfortable. It's a atmosphere for everybody and it should be free of racism, sexism, uh, homophobia, eh, really anything that's going to, you know, just be a dick to anybody else. Yeah. So um, I'm all about this and uh, why it's taken this long to do better about it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I mean, absolutely. I think, I think this goes without saying, um, you know, I know that, when I was younger that, you know, if, you know, there are definitely things I participated in at sporting events in terms of like chants and things like that, that I would not do for a second today. Um, so, you know, like I always say, when we talk about this stuff, I do think it's important to remember um, that people can change, you know, and sometimes if a person's being a jerk, that doesn't mean that they're going to be a jerk their whole life, et cetera. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I do think it's up to the team to, make it an environment where everybody can feel, you know, like they're welcome to watch the game, to, to be a part of the experience. Um, I mean, I think that kind of just goes without saying at this point, right? Yeah. You would hope. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> One would hope. Yeah. There's that. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much all wish had. Um, but uh, Peter, there's uh, 
something else you wanted to uh, talk about, and I'm actually really glad that you're going to talk about it. Every year, the Norris Trophy is awarded for the best defenseman. And for a while now, now granted, this is not every season, but for a while now, there's been some speculation that the way that the Norris Trophy is awarded, at least recently, is who deserves it? Like, not who is the best or most impactful defenseman last season. It's like, who hasn't won it that should have, right? Um, so yep. a lot of times it seems like the person, and again, I'm not saying this is every single season, but a lot of times it seems like the person that, that wins the Norris Trophy as of late is a player who was good for a few seasons in a row, but hasn't won it yet. It doesn't really seem to matter if they had their best season this year, as long as they were like pretty good. You know, they're kind of up there, you know, so it's not going to look too obvious that they shouldn't actually win. You know, they shouldn't actually win the award this season. Um, now, you might wonder why I'm talking about that. So in the Wyshynski article, I scrolled down a little bit and I saw the word gritty. And of course, I'm going to keep reading because I love gritty. We talked about this before. And I saw this the other day and I totally forgot. And like we haven't recorded in a little while, so so we didn't really talk about it. It's not the biggest deal in the world, but I still want to mention it because the uh the annual okay at the annual mascot conference which first of all let me stop there for a second um i'm very <laughs> interested in seeing a documentary about the annual mascot conference uh so number 1 if that exists please send it my way let us know send it to us on social media or whatever if it doesn't exist let's get that made tangent over <laughs> <laughs> Gritty did not win the NHL mascot of the year at the annual mascot conference, despite the fact that he is probably the number one most recognizable face in the National Hockey League, I would say above even all the players. Um, it went to the Chicago Blackhawks mascot, Tommy Hawk, right? Tom Tommy Hawk, um, which Interestingly enough, I'm I, I I never really thought about this because I, I I honestly did not know what the name of the Chicago Blackhawks mascot was. Um, you know, since we talk about you know Blackhawk Tomahawk, kind of interesting, but um, that would probably be a longer conversation. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know, like he said, it's, uh, uh, like like Wyshynski wrote, yes, Tomahawk previously seen fighting with a fan on the concourse at the United Center last December, one mascot of the year. So again. Is this the biggest deal in the in the world? No, not at all. It's uh, it's it's far, far, far down. But I did want to take a second or three minutes and mention this is ridiculous. This should be Gritty's award. It's an injustice. Now we can move on. Agreed. <laughs> Let us strike this moment from our lives and uh, heal. Yeah, I think that's I think that's all we can do. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have Laura Storian from St. Louis Game Time. Welcome back to our Emmy, Grammy, Tony, Webby, Oscar winning segment, uh, Interviews with Famous Hockey People. Uh, fresh off of her champagne-soaked offseason, we are very excited to welcome Laura Historian, the site manager at St. Louis Game Time, which is the SB Nation Blues blog, who uh, you know has been uh, probably having a pretty good time, I would say. So we, we're here to keep those good times rolling. So Laura, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. So uh, I have a quick question for you. Do you remember a 80s-themed Gloria video being tweeted at you guys right around when the cup was won uh, by your teameth? <laughs> Vaguely, <laughs> I remember okay. one. <laughs> okay, so th th this is literally just an attempt to to, to uh, stroke my ego. Um, oh, wait, I was the one. Oh. I, I was the one who made it. So. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. Pete and I were like, we're gonna have Laura on later in the summer, and we won't tell her until we interview her that that was us. So. Well done. I think that I think it worked. Thank you. Well, no, well done to you because. I, I, I am friends with many long-suffering Blues fans, and I was uh, very happy that they could uh, do what they did, and especially against the Bruins, just a yeah. team that I have, have zero uh, nice feelings for. So, um, Pete, I'm, I, I was going to just straight up just ask her, 
What's it like? <laughs> How do you feel? What are you feeling? What what new things have you been able to add to your emotional playbook? It's like I was on my way to work this morning and I had my Spotify on shuffle and Gloria came on. Mm-hmm. You know, and I it was it was it was awesome. And it's been like over two months and I'm still like really excited about it. But at the same time it hasn't sunk in because mm-hmm. like them not never winning has become such a big part of our identity as blues fans. <laughs> Like now, I don't know. Like I'm like, when do I? Like, can we still make fun of ourselves? Like, I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, I guess we can, but the misery is gone. It's yeah. weird. Like, I don't understand how to cope with this. Yeah, it's funny because I had um, written down. I had you know, you know, a few questions to start off with, and then you know, obviously as we as we talk, you know, you think of different questions and. Um, Jay kind of took this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I, I'm, I'm proud of this question. Right. So, um, so what's it like to not only make a hockey team relevant again, but also Laura Brannigan relevant again? It's, it's actually kind of a cool feeling. Like I always, <laughs> when I was a kid, I really liked the song Gloria. Like I've always really had a soft spot for the song. So, you know, it's, it's fun that we can kind of bring a blast in the past back and, you know, I guess do her memory proud. I didn't even realize, honestly, that she had passed away until, you know, all the the publicity the song was getting because I hadn't thought about her or the song in ugh, a very long time. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's 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 fun. It's 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 fun to watch so many people come together over such a random song and such a random story. Hmm. I didn't even know she was dead. Yeah, no, I, I that was an unpleasant surprise for a lot of blues fans. Wow, folks were like, "Oh, can we get her to sing the anthem?" And it's like, "Well, do you have a Ouija board? Because it's about <laughs> that's about as about as good as you're gonna get." Yeah, like uh, Jay and I were talking about, uh, you know, leading. I, I think it must have been like during the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, it, it might have been even after the, the Blues won the cup. Um, we were talking, and of course, we you know we had to joke about you know the Gloria song and. <laughs> the, the the only reason I even know that song is because and it, uh, for sure listeners will remember this because we played a clip from it at the time um, back when VH1 was doing their I love the 80s uh, cl- clip shows they had like I love the 80s and I think it was I think they did I love the 80s then they did I love the 80s strikes back so they did a whole nother you know, like like 1980 all over again. Then they did it a third time with "I Love the 80s" 3D, and I'm pretty sure that's where it was. Um, and uh, they, did to make the first two airings of it. No, and of course they poked fun at the video, which, if you've seen it, is basically like a very spare room with like four disco balls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like but, they had a twenty dollar budget. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Obviously, we are going to be talking about, um, you know, more hard-hitting topics. But first, you know, first I had to Laura Brannigan. I do have another question that I have to ask. Um, So it's going to be a little bit of like a ramp-up to get there, but it'll make sense in a second. Um, So I'm a big fan of American Ninja Warrior. And Mm -hmm. one of my favorite contestants on it is a a, a young woman named Barclay Stockett because – she is just phenomenal. If you haven't watched the show, she's five foot zero. She's a former gymnast, and she is just like unbelievable. Like she can do. Like if you ever watched the show, The Salmon Ladder, like they had a skills competition, and she came in like second. Like you know, she beat some of the guys in this this competition. Like she's just amazing. Um, but of course, I'm a little bit more interested in another Barclay, um, because the St. Louis Blues are amazing. And they have a dog named Barclay, who is absolutely adorable. Um, I changed my Twitter handle uh, after my name to put, put Barclay on the cup, you cowards. Um, no, I agree. Yes. So, um, and again, we are going to get to some more hockey hard-hitting stuff in a second. But just because I love Barclay so much, I just have to ask, like, why doesn't every team have a dog? Specifically a team in Detroit? Because I think they should. I mean, I, I honestly, like, I am all about the current trend of, like, NHL teams having, like, service dogs and training them and, and putting them out there. I mean, they're just, they're so cute. And you get so many YouTube videos of dogs, like, running around ice and attacking pucks. And yeah. It's, it's like, it's the best PR. And it's all free because all you need is a dog and a video camera. Like, you don't even have to try. <laughs> like, he's just there. It's just 
especially when he was now he's getting pretty big now i think last mm. time i saw him but i mean when he was a baby it was just like you could just set a camera on him all day and you'd have hours and hours of social media content just him being adorable oh yeah i mean i remember like i think it was the first video he's like carrying a hockey stick in his mouth and like it was amazing it was unbelievable it was so great I wish more teams would do that. Me too. <laughs> it, it almost has to be a dog because, honestly, like, my cat's sitting here next to me, and I can't see, like, a hockey cat working. <laughs> that, that that actually could be kind of funny. It would just sit there and watch. Oh, I would love – I'd love to watch just put him, putting him on the ice and seeing what happens. And <laughs> I can't probably freeze and just stand there for 20 minutes. That would be, like, the worst internet video ever. <laughs> Bless her heart. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's great the Blues have started the trend. And it's been really good for charity and for helping, you know, helping get awareness out there for service dogs who do a lot of really good work. Do we do we know if Barkley got a day with the Cup? Was that oh. was that something somebody tried to arrange? Because if not, that's a serious oversight. Because <laughs> the image of Barkley just drinking out of it with whatever uh-huh. fantastical water that they could put into it like the water that will ferrell has from the other guys where it's like it's like the cucumber <laughs> accents yes the water like like uh, if we don't have a photo of that i think that's just a tremendous governmental oversight so i kind of i kind of want it to happen just to piss ken campbell off <laughs> I mean, like, uh, robbie fabry's dogs didn't even mm-hmm. eat out of the cup they were yeah. just in the vicinity of the cup and he like lost his mind i mean that's a good reason to do anything, anything. I, I agree I, I, I got to be honest, Chris Draper's uh, kid what? crapped in it, and what? they're going to get mad about dogs being near it? Okay, like, that, yeah. That was my thing. Okay. I'm like, yeah, and he, it's almost like he's just like, I mean, they, they threw it into a ravine, didn't they, in like the 20s, and they left it on the roadside, and people like chunked it from balconies and tried to get it into the pool and missed, and <laughs> Chris Draper's yeah. kid shattered it, and it's like, worse things have happened in the Stanley Cup than a couple dogs being like... <laughs> kind of nearby eating a piece of spaghetti but yeah. you know if that's a hill that he wants to die on then knock yourself out ken you know i mean if they wanted to carry water in it they could just ask the edmonton media how to do that and, oh i'm sorry okay <laughs> i'm sorry what was that jay you said you had a question uh, yeah yeah I, I said have we been keeping track of how many times the edmonton media has been dropped in for sure because mm. now i think i figured out my next summer uh, book report, which is how many <laughs> an in-depth look at how many times Peter called the Edmonton media out. Yeah, but they um, deserve it, though. They, yeah. really... they, they deserve it. They deserve it. I, I I apologize if I wasn't sounding facetious enough with it. I think Peter <laughs> needs, I think Peter needs the practice of being able to creatively bring them up every once in a while because since they are so tiresome, you kind of run out of ways to call them out sometimes. So it's nice that he's still got the spark. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Um, uh, Laura, during your tenure as a as a site manager, do you my uh, don't worry if you don't have an answer for this, but oh. this literally just popped into my head. As a site manager, do you have you ever had like a problem commenter or a problem member of your community that now and maybe not so much in like the whole being a jerk but like being a pessimist like has there been anybody that you constantly interacted with that was like it's never gonna happen but now that it's happened you're like if you come you're like if you come across my hairs man i'm going to shame you forever <laughs> honestly that's probably like two-thirds of our commenters for most of this season um <laughs> I, I mean i could even kind of include myself in that a little bit at the start of the year because it was such a god-awful start to the season i mean there's it, it's so hard for blues fans not to like reflexively be like that sometimes. I can't think of anybody in particular who was just like, this team's terrible. But I do think though, that during this, like the, the end of last season and the start of this past season, I could kind of feel like the, the tone on the site shift because people were getting so irritated with everybody just kind of be, Oh yeah, status quo. We'll fix it. Whatever. And then when the team brought in everybody on the off last off season, people were just like, "Yeah, that ain't gonna work." Um, so <laughs> it, it's almost like we needed the Stanley Cup to break everybody out of just the irritation. It's just 
we've been conditioned to expect the worst, which is why this is all so weird. Because it's like we we did like the team did something and they won, and I'm like I don't know how to respond. Like <laughs> I, I have to. I mean, even I have to sometimes work on like the tone of some of my articles. I'm like, wait a second, that's way too bitchy. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> something good <laughs> well I just, I, I just feel like the way that you've handled it so far I can only guess it'd be very similar as to way the way well maybe not a, maybe not Toronto but if any <laughs> other Canadian team were to win the cup next I feel like that would probably be the same reaction where they're like yeah we oh we did it um what do we do <laughs> how do we because, like, I, I think they would, like, talk a good show, but then, like, when it happens, they're like, sorry, we were a little rowdy celebrating last night, right? Like, yeah. They'll, they'll win the cup, and then they'll just be apologizing for forever. But, you know, I, again, I think that's – it's nice how the Midwest does have a very Canadian quality about it where, you know, like, I feel like when Pete – when Chicago won, I didn't really notice too much from the fans at the start. It was, like – it was the bandwagoners that really kind of masked it. There was – Oh, it was yeah. the it was like the long time, like the people that have been around like since the '60s and and like they saw the cup win for the Hawks. I was like, I'm happy for them. Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. else who just oh oh you're Chicago folk with your I'm living in a nice city type thing and oh the our you know our senator slash governor uh, you know uh, like <laughs> Bogoyevich is gone, but you know now we've got a friggin' president like you know like they get this home like they're just living their best <laughs> lives and then all of a sudden they get like three cups in the span of like six years. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's nothing earned from it, and so they're all dicks about it, whereas, like, you guys have the traditional trajectory, which is love the team regardless of what happens, fall into that sense of it's never going to happen, and then finally when it happens, just the humility behind it is, is really great. So mm. I just, you know, if, if there's anything you'll come away with from this episode, it's just me going overboard and <laughs> congratulating you and being humble about it. So well, no, we, and, we appreciate the fact that, I mean, like, it's, there have been a few kind of, assholey people but I'm like at the same time it's like we how, how in the world can we be assholes about this we've never done it before mm-hmm. like we other than Toronto we had the longest drought we have like a sense of perspective Toronto, I, I guarantee like you said if Toronto won it it would be like the end times because nobody would ever be another 50 60 years from now he'd be like oh my god remember that time Toronto won it you know they won't let it go but I mean we don't really we're just always kind of happy to be there, <laughs> you know. Like we're we're yeah, happy. Yeah, that's the perfect. Yep, that's the perfect thing. That's perfect. Now, I mean, on the other hand, then you have like I mean, because I am a Cardinals fan, but there are some Cardinals fans who are not like that. Like, <laughs> kind of be yes. like little assholey about a lot of things, but you know, I think in general, I think people from the city are always just happy that people remember that St. Louis is here. That we do occasionally do stuff that's good. Like, you know, make really good barbecue and fried pasta and win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's funny because as 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 Jay was talking about the, um, you know, the whole media aspect of it, like if the, if the Canadian team won this won the Stanley Cup, um, I mean, I'm going to get ahead of next week's uh, or next episode's Edmonton thing. I mean, could you imagine like Steve Simmons com- column about. Oh God! You know how Connor McDavid is. Um, you know, you know he, he was out at a club with you know celebrating the Stanley Cup, and he took too many bottles of champagne. Uh, you know, and, and we, you know, he really needs to take a step back and learn how to be a leader after winning the Stanley Cup. Um, oh yeah, that would <laughs> but, be like I mean, that would be the main headline the day after. Yeah, but then I was trying to think of like how amazing it would be if if uh, Toronto won the Stanley Cup. And then we did get the Myrtle com- column that was, what does winning the Stanley Cup mean for the Leafs? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but all joking aside, I do have a, I do have a question. Um, so, you know, so every time we record a podcast, we put up a mailbag. And sometimes we get a ton of comments. Sometimes we get none. But we, we had a really good one for, for today. And uh, so I'm going to throw it to you. Um, so the question is from Errorson52, which, uh, if you're not familiar, is a reference to Jonathan Erickson. Uh, and how a lot of fans are not, uh, let's say, his biggest fans. Um, so here it is. Any word, and so this is for you, obviously. Any word as to why Maroon wasn't re-signed? He seemed to be a fan favorite and well-liked among his teammates. It was odd seeing him signed with Tampa for such little money. Yeah, I was a little shocked by that, by the by the money part of it. Um, I think a good part of it is that everybody expected the cap to go up a little bit more than it did. 
Like, I just don't feel like it really went up that much. And I, there's so many players that the Blues had locked in as restricted free agents that they had to get taken care of mm. that it and that they just couldn't fit them. They, I mean, they, they re-signed um, Joel Edmonds into a, a bigger contract than I expected. And then they decided, you know, to keep Jake Allen around. And that was a big part of it because Jake Allen makes a lot of money to sit there. Um, <laughs> God love him. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, when you have almost $10 million locked up in two goalies and your defensive core is like that, and then you have a lot of younger guys who are, who are getting really close, depending on camp, like Cairo and Costin, I'm – it's just, I think that Doug Armstrong kind of looked at the salary cap situation and went, we've got young guys, and then we've got you. And, <laughs> I mean, which which is, I mean, which I'm not calling him old, because I'm now older than every player on the team, including Jay Bomeister, which is weird. But, like, he's, I mean, Maroon is not the fastest guy, and he didn't really have the best start to the season. He finished a lot better than he started. Um, and I, I don't know if if Armstrong just kind of went, well, we're signing the guys that we don't think are expendable first. And then once we get all those guys taken care of, we'll see where we stand with you. And I guess Tampa just was just kind of like, hey, you want to play first? And he was like, okay. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's I think a lot of this is also really contingent with whatever the heck's going on with Ivan Barbashev, which I don't know what's even happening there, but. He's kind of holding out, I think, for a little bit more money and talking about the KHL, and he wants a bigger contract. And, you know, I think Doug Armstrong would prefer to keep Barbashev than to keep Maroon. So so with uh, with the uh, Ivan Barbashev thing that you were just talking about, um, so are you saying that he is trying to, let's say, wait for the last possible minutes before moving you know, let's say before he were to metaphorically crash into like an underwater object, you know, like some sort of a crazy Ivan. Pretty much. Okay. I said. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I was okay. wondering how far I was right. going to get with that before Jay started laughing. Oh, right. Oh. All right. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I do think that Hunt for Red October references are pretty high up in in uh, the number of things that we repeat. So hey, I. Okay, I yes. I'm sorry, Jay. Yep. You, you can go ahead. <laughs> um, so uh, we would like to ask you, Laura, the uh, the JJ question. This is uh, this is our 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 JJ in chief. No, no, wait, Pete. You said you had something. Go, go. Oh no, no, that, no. That was, was it. That was the thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was it. Okay. Yeah, my dumb right. little joke was the thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, JJ. Uh, I, I, I'm a little, I'm a little mad that he was the one who came up with it because, like, I kind of thought of like the exact same question for like our first show, I think. But then he said it, so now he gets it. But either way, you could say it's the JJ question or it's the Mimi question. I'm going to shut up for a second there because it's dumb because that's my name. Anyways, uh, and this is actually probably the most uh, a perfect time to ask uh, this question of you uh, due to recent events involving the hockey team that you are a fan of. Now that you've done what you've done as a site manager working in the media, do you still derive enjoyment out of hockey, or has what you learned made your opinion of the sport sour a little, change, better, worse? What what has your experience been now that you've been kind of between both worlds? That's a good question. That's a really good question, JJ. Um, I... I mean, honestly, if anything, as a former Atlanta Thrasher season ticket holder, um, hmm. uh, my opinion of the sport's almost gone up a little bit because it kind of the whole Thrasher's debacle kind of killed it for a while. Um, but I think that the league it has its it ha it has the stuff that it handles very well, and then it has the stuff that it has absolutely no idea how to handle at all. Um, and I think things like, like how they're handling um, the concussion lawsuit falls into that or how people tend to um, react to players having personalities. Um, 
But I think a lot of it comes from like outside of the league looking in, like the like like the press. And that is something I definitely got a chance to kind of see um, a little bit when I was doing the Stanley Cup final stuff because I, you know, was went up to St. Louis. I live in Atlanta, so I went up to St. Louis and um, was able to get press access and stuff like that. And it, there didn't seem to be a lot of joy in the experience for people. I mean, obviously for the St. Louis press, there was a ton of joy because they were all like very confused. Um, but for the professional national, you know, Canadian media, it was just like just another day. And I, I understand that that is their job and that's, you know, the mindset that you have to a degree, but it's okay to take joy in the things that you see in your job and to be able to have a career that lets you report on a sport that's this exciting and this much fun to watch and to let you have a, a career that lets you report on, you know, the Stanley cup final and the awarding of a trophy that everybody recognizes hockey fan or not. And to watch a lot of people just kind of treat it like just another obligation. I thought it was a little sad. So, I mean, I've, I've had a blast running game time and it's afforded me a lot of, a lot of opportunities. Um, Cause the blues have been afforded a lot of opportunities recently, but I have to say that, like, being around the people whose job it is to, you know, not not promote the game, but to, to cover the game, there's not a lot of enjoyment that I feel from them, necessarily. And I think it's kind of sad. Um, it's almost like they're all Edmonton press. So, <laughs> they're just a hat trick. That's the hat trick. There we go. Yes, Pete, you have to put it. You have to put in a sound. You have okay. to put like a like a bell or something because okay. we did the Edmonton media hat trick. That's great. Woo-hoo. I love it. soured my perspective on the sport or I mean I've loved hockey since I was a tiny little kid and I would love hockey if the Blues never won the Stanley Cup during my lifetime so I mean they're such a big part they've always been such a big part of my life and such a big part of the city that I mean there couldn't be anything that could ever get me to sour on them it's just sometimes I think the league could maybe not be quite so boneheaded and Sometimes I think the hockey press needs to take a step back and kind of go, wait a second, look look at what my job is. Like, this is a really cool job. Then actually like what they do for once. That would be <laughs> that would be nice. That was a really good question. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, let's say, for example, a, uh, you know, you know, a, a, a defenseman, uh, you know, who now plays in my neck of the woods, uh, who has a personality and oh. just gets dragged by the old guard of the media, even though he's probably one of the most, like, he's probably one of the biggest reasons that people like hockey now, you know, like, like he's probably made more hockey fans than I don't want to say any other player recently, but you know, he's definitely up there. He's definitely like in that echelon. Um, And what does he get for it? All he gets is terrible, terrible stuff in the media. Yeah. And I don't, understand that like why are you trashing on the sports i mean you know biggest ambassadors and people that actually get other folks to care i mean like what is this compulsion to cover the most boring people in the free world Mm -hmm. and rag on the people that are actually enjoyable to watch like i don't yeah yeah it's like baseball you know with the unwritten rules of baseball when brian mccann was being such an ass about that when he played for the yankees and Oh, you didn't follow baseball's unwritten rules. It's like the same thing with hockey. And it's you're allowed to have fun. In, in the first segment, we talk about the you know the Greg Wyshynski ESPN article where he talked about you know different ways to improve the fan experience and, um, you know I mean like just one general way is to encourage personalities. I mean it's just it's just amazing how. Uh, you know how much like the media tries to just take all the emotion out of it and it's just i don't know it's just it's just baffling to me as somebody who you know 
you know, uh, back when we were talking to Sean McAdoo, um, mm-hmm. I basically said, you know, his book could be titled, you know, the world's greatest game in the world's dumbest league, you know, because that's pretty much how I feel about the NHL. Like, I love hockey and I just hate so much that the NHL does and it just makes me angry that they can't do better. Um, and it's just so baffling to me. You have these people that are ready to be personalities. It's going to sell the game. And instead, you basically push them down. Uh, and it's just annoying. But um, uh, so, yeah, we're getting near the end where we have to wrap up. But I did want to ask at least one more. We, we, we might get to two. Um, so as a as a, a fan of the the NHL hockey series, right, one of my favorite players to play with has been Vladimir Tarasenko. He's just really fun to play with. You know, it's fun to play, uh, you know, with his skill set, uh, you know, in the video game. And so I was just curious because I know. Obviously, he, you know, he kind of came into the league and he was, you know, like once he kind of established himself, it was like, wow, this guy is like the next like superstar. And then from an outside perspective, it seems like he kind of tailed off for a while. But then obviously last year, especially from what I remember, you know, down the stretch, he turned it on again. You know, so what do you think as somebody who's obviously watches him far more often than I do? You know, what do you think his trajectory is going to be like this season? And, you know. Like, where do you think he's going to be, you know, going to end up long term as a player? Ooh, um, well, I think part of the issue, like at the start of the season was he was injured and it just he never looked like he felt right, you know, for like the first like three or four months of the year. And sometimes the Blues have a bad habit of going, well, one of our best players is hurt. So we're all just going to play like trash, too. Hmm. And that I think that was part of it, like the whole beginning of the season. It fed off him. He fed off the bad the bad play. And then finally, once everything clicked and he got going, he was fine. Um, one of his major goals from what I've kind of gathered, reading interviews with him and stuff, um, has always been since he got in the league to win the Stanley cup. So I think that now that he has it, I think that's going to push him even more, you know, now that he's, he's been able to, to reach that level of success. I mean, why not reach it again? Sure. So, well, hopefully with us, um, (laughs) Because I'm getting really tired of players leaving the Blues and then winning the Stanley Cup somewhere else <laughs> the year after they leave. So, I mean, I hopefully long-term, hopefully he stays put. Um, I mean, everything that I've seen with him in every interview I've read with him, he really spends a lot of time in St. Louis in the off season, And he really, really loves the city and, you know, loves where he is and likes raising his kids there and, it would it would be disappointing for the city at least if he were to leave. Um, I think that if Doug Armstrong stays general manager long term, and he probably will, um, I think that um, he'll find a way to, to make sure Tarasenko stays around. And I think his production's going to be pretty much what it is. Like not this past season, but probably closer to year before last, as long as he stays healthy. It's just that he just has to make sure he doesn't bung up his shoulder or his elbow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's the thing. Just as long as he's healthy, he's fine. It's just sometimes it, it takes him a little while to get back into either playing shape or the playing mindset. And like I said, our the the team they do it with him and they do it with Jaden Schwartz. If one of those two is hurt, the rest of the team plays like hot garbage mm-hmm. every time. Well, I think I think by having Tarasenko be kind of like the thing we kind of wrap up on, I think that's probably our sign to, you know, put put this one to bed because I I feel like Laura, we're taking you away from the celebratory activities that a cup winner should be doing still. <laughs> right on, now, take a nap. Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say like 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 is she on the Ovechkin regiment for uh, for celebration? I'm not gonna yeah, lie. Yeah. I'm a teacher, so I did have summer vacation. I didn't have any responsibilities for the two mm. months afterwards. So <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a little bit of Ovi, just a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, there might be a picture of you doing push-ups in a fountain somewhere. I think uh, it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we can find it, we'll put it on the, uh, we'll put it as the article picture. But oh, if not, if not, we have another one. <laughs> my, uh, my students really need to see that, so. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We will make sure that we copy uh, copy your school district 
Um, oh, oh, oh. oh, that's like a great idea. No, I mean, but, yeah, yeah. As a fellow See, teacher, totally I Brett's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna totally Brett's. We're gonna Brett Stevens. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so if you have a problem with dear if, dear Laura's provo, like yeah. uh, she's been uh, imaginarily yeah. dancing in a fountain because of a cup championship. <laughs> How yeah. dare you? <laughs> and I mean, you know, Laura, if you have a problem with that, you can come to my house and, you know, talk to my wife and my non-existent kids, have dinner, and then just, you know, tell me that to my face uh, if, if you okay. have a problem. <laughs> I was going to say, hopefully our, re- our our listeners get the joke and don't think I'm like so all of a sudden being like an asshole. <laughs> I'm sure they're pretty um, smart folks. I'm sure they'll yeah. figure it out. Well, Laura, um, again – Thank you so much for coming on to our show here. Uh, this has been enlightening. Uh, as, as as people who are fans of a team that uh, have also had a bit of a drought as of late, <laughs> winning the cup, we envy your situation. <laughs> even though it's only been only been what Pete ten years, as yeah. opposed to the previous forty. I think that's yeah. what it was said at highest. So um, again, we're soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I'm I, again. I'm. I'm over the moon for you guys. Uh, that's the only reason why I would spend many of my precious hours putting a staple 80s song to a uh, to a video game template that I procured years <laughs> ago. So, um, again, please enjoy it. Uh, for those oh, of you who uh, <laughs> those of you who want to follow Laura on uh, the dumpster fire, that is Twitter. You can find her at at Hildy Mac. Which, Pete, I'm still going to say it. We still have had a tremendous undefeated <laughs> run of people with really cool Twitter handle names because this is this is really great. So uh, for those who need a little bit of a spelling for that, it's the at sign. Uh, and then it's Hildy, H-I-L-D-Y, Mac, M-A-C, as in the partner to cheese. Ooh. And uh, she's the site manager of St. Louis Game Time. Please check them out. They are now infinitely more interesting because they do have a cup in their roster. Okay. So. That's gonna. <laughs> that's <laughs> everything that's gonna have uh, uh, anything to do with them. Please get it from her, because anywhere else, you know, it's fake. Because she's the real <laughs> deal. Laura, thanks so much. We will dismiss you now, as we are the ones who dismiss you, not the bell. Um, uh, right now, Pete and I are going to take our uh, government-obligated, uh, regulated, uh, mandatory uh, ad break, and then we will see you on the other side. Alrighty, sounds good. Welcome back. Uh, once again, thanks to Laura Storian for taking time out of her uh, Stanley Cup summer to chat with us. Um, so we don't really have too much to, to close this one out with. Um, just a little bit of a, of a side note, uh, heads up thing. Um, as I'm sure most of you are aware, Peter and I are large video game fans, especially the one that the NHL partners with EA Sports to produce every year, which uh, it seems like these last few years has just been more than a roster update. They've actually decided to retool and overhaul some of the physics engines, gameplay updates, adding things, yada, yada, yada. So uh, they have, uh, in the lead up to their next installment, they have started to release their player ratings. Um, there's, uh, they, they started with 50 and they're working their way down. Um, Pete and I are obviously going to keep an eye on this list and uh, we'll probably give a full review of it when the full list is out. Cause right now it seems like they're doing like kind of tiered things like 10 and 10 and 10 and whatnot. So, um, but the one thing I will add to this thing prior to us actually doing a big review is that I would wish that they would do a um, ratings reveal for all of the like hall of fame players that they're going to have in there. Cause I still feel like their marketplace system is really hard to navigate to uh, try and find exactly what's out there. Cause like you can look for certain cards, but certain cards aren't always going to be there. So like you can look in the set, but not all the sets going to be there. And, I, and yes, there's the sets that you can complete and whatnot. So I just, but I just feel like sometimes the menu system is a little bit clunky and whatnot. But, you know, seeing as how this is the first video game that Eiserman's going to be in since, I think, last decade, you know, it'd be kind of like they've already revealed that he's going to be in the game. They haven't revealed his rating. But I really, I'm honestly more interested in what rating you're going to give the captain far more than the already assumed 92 or 93 rating you're going to give McDavid, all right? We already know that. But what era of Eisman are we getting? Are we getting early in his career when he was mostly an offensive juggernaut? Or are we going to get the more two-way player, uh, Steve Eisman, that uh, 
formed under Scotty Bowman's mm. tutelage. I would. These are the things I'd like to know. Sure. So, but yes, just just keep an eye on um or an ear, eye and ear, eye and ear, pioneer. <laughs> Anyways, eye and ear. Just keep things. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, just so just um, so you know, uh, Ian Ziering is the first person to recommend nuking a tornado. Now, it was a Sharknado, but yeah. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. That's As right. we we all remember that documentary. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It it, it has several parts mm. to it. They 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 made it all at once, but decided to mm. cut it up into several segments. But um, yeah. So, um, Pete, I think that does it here. But you had a. A uh, little capper that you'd like to uh, send to our fans. Yeah, so I talked about this a little bit in the mailbag, and if you talk, if you follow me on social media, which um, you know, obviously you don't have to, but you know, if you follow me on social media, then um, you you might have seen seen this. Um, but you know, over the course of the podcast, this is episode fifty four, and um, you know, over the course of the podcast, you know, in in a lot of episodes. Uh, you know, we kind of talk about, you know, our personal lives, our friends and family and stuff. And, um, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot is my dog, Bowie. Um, we adopted her two years ago when she was six. She's now obviously, you know, eight roughly. Um, and about a month ago, she had a, a, a lump on her leg. And so the short version is that it's a tumor and it's very likely cancerous. Um, but the good news is that it's very likely that it is localized. It's very likely that it hasn't spread. Um, and it's likely that through surgery, they should be able to get either most of it or all of it. Um, and so the prognosis is, is positive for something like that, obviously, but at the same time, it's, it's scary and it's stressful, you know, to have, you know, you know, obviously dogs aren't people, but anybody who has one knows how, how much they mean to you and your family. Um, and so, you know, obviously it's a really tough time and really stressful. So, um, I'm just going to put it out there. Like if you, if, you know, if, if you, if you pray, if you could keep her in your prayers, if you, if you don't, if you can just keep her in your thoughts or, or whatever. Um, so she's having the surgery in, in a few weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, so, you know, like, like I said, I mean, it's something that's that's definitely tough to deal with. Um, but I just want to put it out there um, if you can if you can do that. Um, and that brings us to the end of our show. Uh, so as always, if you want to follow us on social media, you can do that. You can follow me on Twitter at P Flynn Hockey. You can follow Jay at the roar underscore 24. You can follow our guest Laura today at Hildy Mac, H-I-L-D-Y-M-A-C on Twitter. You can follow the podcast at 200 foot pod. 200 FTPOD. You can follow us on, on Facebook at facebook.com slash for sure pod F E R S U R E P O D. And if you want to get any merchandise, you can do that at our store. Um, if you go to tinyurl.com slash for shirt, that's F E R S H I R T. All right. So thanks a lot. Um, in two weeks, I am going to be presenting at the Rochester uh, the RIT uh, Sports Analytics Conference. And last year, um, I was able to get some interviews. Um, and actually, it's interesting because, Jay, if you think about it, so we interviewed CJ Taturo, right? We also interviewed Matt Barlow, mm -hmm. who is who after that interview took a job with NHL, with, with working for the NHL. And we also interviewed Matt Kane, who is now working for the New Jersey Devils in the analytics department. So... Two out of three. So just in case Peter, just in case Peter hasn't made it clear enough yet to anyone who's going to be at Ritzak, sit down with Peter and in just six months yeah. or more, you will work for an NHL <laughs> team. So please come by, say hello, secure your future at exactly. for sure. 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 For sure, 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 for sure,